0: Welcome back into the Card Chronicle podcast. It is Thursday, July 22nd. Uh, shout out to my brother Oliver. Happy birthday. Never gonna listen to this podcast. I don't think he's pretty sure he doesn't know he exists, but we will wish him a happy birthday nonetheless. Uh, Danny Snart in Columbus, Ohio. Mike Rutherford here in Louisville, Kentucky. And Dan, 24 hours from now, the Rutherfords are headed your way. How excited are you?
1: I mean, obviously a weekend without the kids is, is gonna put a little bit of pep in my step. (laughs) <laughs> um, it, it, it should be a good time. I mean, we've had like bad luck with weather on weekends so far this whole summer, and I think we're going to luck out the, the Reds game on Friday, even though, of course, when we committed to the game, um, you know, since the All-Star break, they've just, it seems like the season has just slowly slipped away. Um, that's par for the course with us. Um, but at least the weather looks good, and then Saturday we'll, we, we'll be on the lake, and the weather looks good that day. So, yeah, there's gonna be some adult beverages consumed. Um, should be a good time. Yeah, I mentioned this last podcast, but this is the the first time that
0: Mary and I are both gonna be away from Virginia for not just one night but two nights. And how terrified we were because of the like her sleeping issues. Since then, we've had some progress. Like she's she's still getting up way too early and staying up way too late, but she's at least sleeping like consecutive hours. So that's been good. Like she fell asleep. I think it was two nights ago. She slept from, like, 9 to 7, and it was probably the greatest night of my entire life. Like, I, I woke up and just felt like an, a different person. Like, I felt like we just won the national title in basketball. It was it was awesome, but still a little bit nervous about that. I mean, you know me. Like, I, I was always going to be, like, the, the softest person alive when I had kids, and that's exactly what happened. And then, like, the the pandemic hits, I lose two jobs, so I'm basically, like, like, Daddy, it, like, it's my full-time job for a little bit of time there last year, so I get even closer to Virginia, and so now, like, I just, like, I'm, I'm definitely overprotective dad, I'm definitely worried about, like, leaving her, but more so for, like, my parents and Mary's parents than I am, right. like, Virginia will be fine, I'm just worried about about them, like, adapting, but once I start drinking, I'm sure I'll forget, and, and once the reds start losing to the Cardinals by, like, seven in the second inning, the the floundering Reds. uh, I'm sure I'll
1: forget even more. So,
0: But I'm excited. I think it's going to be a a fun time.
1: Yeah, so, like, and you kind of touched on it. Like, growing up, you were always the friend that was, like, the best with kids. Like, we could always count on, you know, Mike, if for whatever reason there was kids at the house, which usually there wasn't, but if there was – you were like the guy over playing with them and all the parents just spawned over you. They're like, look how great he is with kids. i like, I could not have been more opposite. I mean, there's one specific story. We don't really have to get into it. Um, that just proved how much I, I had zero experience with kids and how I wasn't around them. But um, yeah, it, it, I don't think you've changed a bit. Uh, I guess I've softened up with my kids. Um, and I hate even saying this because, I mean, kids are, they're cute, but when it comes to other people's kids, like, you know, how do I say, I don't know how to say this nicely, like, <laughs> I I enjoy my kids, <laughs> we'll say that. <laughs> oh, shit, um, yeah, well, the,
0: the the baby hitting adventure story with Mike and Dan will have to be a Dan the, the dump story for yeah. a second time, uh, we'll yeah, have to I, get to that, but... Yeah, I'm excited about seeing the floundering Reds. We're actually going. Um, like, like we haven't been to a baseball game of any sort in I mean, since 2019 at least. I can't even remember if we went to a game. I think I went to a game. Like we did the guys' trip up to a, a Reds game there. But like Mary and I haven't been to a game together in forever. And we're actually going to the bats game tonight, and then going to the Reds game tomorrow. It's um, it's like Bellerman alumni night, and you know Mary was queen of Bellerman basically back in the day. Whereas, like, I I think most of my friends don't know that I graduated from Bellarmine, but, like, everybody... Like, Mary's on, like, they have the new, like, Horgan Hall, I think, is the the building that expanded recently, and they've got this wall of, like, cool alumni, and, like, Mary's on it in her white lab coat that she never actually wears for her job. Like, Doug Davenport will send me, like, text messages at their meeting room, like, there's Mary right out there on the wall, and, like, I mean, and I don't think anybody who's at that school knows that I went there, so... But she'll get to beat up and be cool alumni and we'll have fun there. And then we'll go to
1: the, the Reds game and see a slightly higher level of baseball. I was going to so say, I was like, I think it's the a Bats more have more, the Bats have more players I actually care about seeing than almost the Reds <laughs> do at this point with like Jose Brero, Hunter Green, Alejo Lopez. I'm like, uh, can we get these guys up? But, um, well, I'm, I'm glad you get a couple doses of baseball here.
0: Yeah, they may ask one of us to come out of the bullpen tomorrow night if uh, if things get bad enough against the Cardinals. Jesus Christ! I mean, uh, well, all I I'll, every year all I ask is like the Reds to keep me interested through like early July. I'm like just just let me have some fun. And then I get to the All Star break and then they start <laughs> they start doing this shit. And I'm like, God damn it! This friend, you, yeah, you yeah, I mean, shot. we
1: won't go on this too much longer. But I mean, at this point, you can convince me that. Our ownership is like against us or is like a mole for another team in the central division just with the lack of decision or just the lack of moves and like some of the decisions they're making. I just I, I don't understand it. If you're gonna be cheap, sell the team. Um I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm kind of at my wits end with ownership.
0: I mean I'm not willing to totally rule out a weekend at Bernie situation where like Castellini's actually dead and some Yeah like 11-year-old grandson is actually running the team and just not telling anybody because that's the only way you can explain not making any changes after watching what we've all watched. But anyways, uh, we've got other stuff to talk about. Not a whole lot going on on the UFL front. Uh, Marcus Carr, as expected. Once again, I, does this count as the podcast curse, Dan? Because people were saying this, and I don't, I don't think it really did. Like I came on the pod last week and said, look, here's what I've heard. I've heard we're a distant third in the race for car. It's going to be Texas is the leader going over. I think I actually said playing in Europe, but going overseas and playing is the number two spot. And then Louisville is kind of a long shot third. And sure enough, like the very next day he's like, I'm not visiting Louisville. I'm not going to Louisville. It's either the Australian league or going to Texas. And then like right after that, he's going to Texas. So I don't think that counts as the podcast curse, but once again, Hinting at something bad that's about to happen and then having it happen the very next day Uh, happens with the Card Chronicle podcast. We do have Sidney Curry. There's still one scholarship available. At this point, I don't know if that's going to get used. I I think it would take a (laughs) – I almost said Brian Bowen type (laughs) situation where a great (laughs) player just falls into your lap, but that's probably not the right way to phrase it. But it would take somebody very, very good, a a total game changer, becoming available – and being interested in your program, I think for Chris Mack to, to take—they're not just going to take anybody at this point to fill out the roster because I think they're happy with the the team chemistry and. Uh, they the are. They already had the softball
1: game. They can't <laughs> add anybody now. I mean, yeah. The softball team. <laughs> the softball game happened. The the roster is officially finished, and we're moving on to the season.
0: Yeah. W- once the softball game's played, that's the that's that's the last mile marker for the off season. Like we're good. It's basketball season now. We're playing the game. By the way. The Gabe Wisdenzer sweep tag. Oh, the kind, little, of, kind of impressive. It was it was really a, one fluid motion. It was very good. And, like, he, he's like, you can tell he, like, doesn't want to celebrate, but he's like, yeah, the kid's out. Like, he looks at Drew Diener and is like, I mean, you've you got to call him out. Like, I, I got him. And then he just retweets the, the video and just says, no mercy. Like, I want Gabe to be good so bad because I think he's so fucking cool.
1: Better and move on Gabe's part being a catcher, by the way. There's nothing oh, yeah. better than being a catcher in softball. You just stand back there and, and don't have to worry about balls just flying right at your shins. It's it's great.
0: You you, you come at that from experience because you both the one season where you were a softball pitcher and you I got mean, hit you got hit with was, a line drive and a throw to the plate when you were running home in the same game and you're just like, like we're all laughing about it and you're like I mean, we won the game like 39-3 to 3 or whatever, and you're like, this this wasn't fucking worth it at all.
1: No, not at all. I, I think I retired shortly after that. I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I actually wasn't halfway bad at softball, but I was like, I, I don't feel like, you know, taking a beating for absolutely no reason out here. It did seem like the passion for the game kind
0: of drained out of you after that moment, after that night. Like, that was, we were going to win the championship, but you still just didn't really care that much anymore.
1: Yeah, definitely didn't. I was there for the beer and the and the good times.
0: All right, so Marcus Garr has gone to Texas, where everybody who's ever been interested in mobile basketball winds up going. But the big Texas story that we have to talk about a little bit, and this is, I, I mean, I'm kind of stunned that we're talking about this right now. But with everything going on, I mean, the NCAA is basically in flames. Like, like The leadership is saying, we don't even know if we're going to be here next year. Like They're doing the Magic Johnson thing where it's like, I we may not even be here. Like why, <laughs> should we, why should we deal with any of this stuff going on? We're going to push this back as far as possible because we may not exist. We've got name image likeness madness. We've got transfer madness. We've got COVID resurgence. The world's still in flames. Everything's happening. And then Oklahoma and Texas yesterday are like, you know what? <laughs> this is the perfect time for us to come out and just throw another – little off cocktail on on this whole mess and say, we may be leaving. We're not happy with the Big 12. We may go to the SEC. And I don't know about you, when that story first gets leaked, I'm kind of like, all right, here we go again. Here come the bullshit sources. Here come the the random Twitter accounts from West Virginia that actually know nothing but that we're, for some reason, paying attention to. And this whole thing is going to be talked about for like a week and then it's going to go away. But... The exact opposite winds up happening. We get that first report. There are a whole lot of like non-denial denials at the media days going on. Like the Big Twelve people are like, eh, we don't know. The SEC people are, are kind of like, we're not going to comment on this. And then there are like the the heavy hitters in college sports. The heavy reporters are coming out last night and saying, yeah, like this is a real thing. Like Texas and and Oklahoma have both said we're not going to renew our bill of rights in twenty twenty five. They're Reaching out officially to the SEC, the, some SEC schools are already protesting, like Missouri and Texas A&M. Don't want this to happen, but there's going to be a vote. Like this is a, a very very real thing, and just when you think the conference realignment wheels are are settled for at least the the time being, we're moving again. Like like this is a it's a sh- I'm I'm shocked that we're sitting here talking about this.
1: I am too and. Man, I mean, we were just so deep in realignment life, like, about eight, nine years ago. I mean, we hung on every piece of information that was leaked on Twitter or the Internet um, because, obviously, we were one of the teams in limbo. We didn't know where we were going to land. I'll never forget when the Big 12 passed on us. I, I thought that was the end of the world. I, I, It was one of the worst, like, global news, pieces of news that I feel like I've received. Um, But I say that. Um, and I texted you this last night. For some reason, I, like, enjoy the realignment talk, and I don't know why. I guess it's just um kind of the thought of being able to bring in, like, new programs that you don't play often. Like, I remember thinking, like, we, when we got elected to the ACC, I was like, oh, my God, we get to play Notre Dame um and football every three years. We get to play at Duke, you know, every year, possibly, or at North Carolina, and it was just awesome. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening, and, like, those games are still awesome, but then, like, reality is set in. It's like, oh, well, we're probably never going to beat Clemson anytime soon, and we've <laughs> lost to Duke and North Carolina every year at the ACC tournament. Um, so, I mean, that part sucks. But, I mean, once these wheels start moving for realignment, I mean, if Texas and Oklahoma for were, for whatever reason, to head um, to the SEC, I mean, you're going to see chaos. There's teams that are obviously probably – Perking up like a like a university of Cincinnati they're they're probably hoping maybe we'll get snatched up you know you don't know where these other big twelve teams are gonna locate you know what I, we, there's obviously if if you're thinking like okay ACC who who could we add from a um, logistical standpoint or just like a, a team that makes sense? I mean, you would think, I know not logistical, but Kansas for, for basketball purposes. And then from like a logistics standpoint, West Virginia might fit in. But I mean, there's, there's still so much to happen, but I, I kind of enjoy, you know, about it. And I, I, I eat up the tidbits of information that get leaked out. Think about being a UConn fan or administrator yeah. right now. You're like, <laughs> Well,
0: the last decade was a little bit rough there. Like, everything that could have gone wrong pretty much went wrong. But you know what? We got it all figured out. We're back in the Big East. We're settled in. It feels so good to be home. And then, like, in the news, it's like, Villanova could be headed to the ACC. And you're just like, God damn it. Like, here we go again. I mean, it's – you mentioned, like, Life in the ACC may be not quite as luxurious as we were all envisioning a few years ago. And a lot of that is self-inflicted, obviously, with the basketball stuff going on. And then, uh, I mean, really, the whole athletic program getting caught up in the whirlwind of that. And I think football was obviously affected by all that. But it's still so, so superior to the alternative.
1: Right, exactly. You know,
0: when you look at – I mean, Cincinnati has completely fallen off. Like They're not – I know they've had some good football teams, but really – like, what do you remember about Cincinnati football recently? Like the, you, you have no realistic shot of playing in the college football playoff, at least as it currently exists. The basketball program has done nothing of any significance. UConn, they win the national title the one year they're in the AAC, and that's the biggest fluke title, I think, of our lifetimes. They haven't done anything in any other sport since then. Their football program may as well not exist. And even, like, like West Virginia, we were so heartbroken when they went to the Big 12 over us, like, their life hasn't it's gotten worse since they made that move. I, I think we kind of were the, the big winners in all this, even with all things being considered, uh you know, the state of our athletic program. I think we, you know, we, we really, really lucked out if you want to use that term. Um and, and yeah, the exuberance that we all had, like that was one of the biggest days in the history of the site. I think people were almost as excited about that moment as they were like when we won the sugar bowl or when we, when we won the national title in 2013, like that was such a big deal and it's still a big deal. And now, I, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like – I know Jim Phillips, the new ACC commissioner today at Meeting Days, was saying, we've got our 15 schools, which, you know, do we? Like, you know, we've, we've – That means, <laughs> yeah, that means
1: absolutely nothing. Exactly and right also, now.
0: like, you know, we, we've got 14 and three quarters. Like, like you can't – Notre Dame doesn't play football with us, and they're never exactly. going to play football with us. So, you know, whatever. But I I just – you never know when – once these wheels start spinning, where things are going to end up. Like Like, we thought – Ten years ago, like this time exactly ten years ago, we thought things were settled. Like the new Big East was going to be okay. We had – we got we got a little scare, but finally things had settled down. And you know what? It's not going to be so bad. And then that – right at the beginning of September, that pit and Syracuse news breaks and, and all hell breaks loose. And, and now we're in a place ten years later that I don't think any of us envisioned us being. So who knows how all this ends up? Who knows how all this shakes out? All I know is, man, like the Big 12 – you got to do something yeah. like they have got to step up and, and make something happen here because everybody's pissed off.
1: You're exactly right. And I mean, I do I just, all I do when this news happened is I just think about the teams that are in the big 12 and where they could potentially land. Like that's the fun that I have with it. Um, but you're right. I mean, to let Texas and Oklahoma get out of there would just be an absolute travesty. And, I mean, we already know the SEC is obviously the best football conference. If you don't know, like, every single team, even if they suck, will tell you about it. But, I mean, adding Texas and Oklahoma, I mean, that is just an absolute game changer for the SEC. So, I mean, like, nice part is, well, we not that we were really ever worried about Kentucky winning an SEC title in football, but now we can absolutely stamp it and, you know, sign it and deliver it that that's never going to happen. But, um yeah, I don't know. It, there, there's still a lot to play out, so uh, we'll have to see what happens. But um, would I enjoy if this happened? If like we were able to add like a team or two to the ACC? Yeah, I think I'd enjoy it.
0: I, like I legitimately think because I, I guess the rule is, and I don't have all the bylaws in front of me, but apparently the rule is if four schools from the SEC object to this, like it can be blocked and. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M and Missouri have already said they're going to, Which, but the Texas A&M response to this was hilarious. You could not have looked more like a little bitch yesterday. Everybody involved was like, we want to be the only school from Texas here. I'm like, yeah, of course you do, but, you know, the SEC, if they can pick Texas or Texas A&M, sorry, like, your ass is getting kicked to Alaska, but I think, like, I legitimately think Kentucky could be one of those schools that, that steps up and boats snow because this is not good for them. Like, Mark Stoops, he comes out yesterday and is like, I'm not in favor of expanded SEC scheduling, which I'm sure is in no way tied to the fact that he gets an extra year added to his contract every time he wins seven games. Like, like This is not a good thing for the football program. It's also not really a great thing for the basketball program because Texas, you know, every time that job opens up, th- there are all these national conversations about it being potentially like a top five job in college basketball even though it doesn't have the fan base of, of other programs that are behind it, just because Texas generates so much money and they've got such great facilities and their their fan base like, overall with the athletic program is so broad and so all over the country. Like Chris Beard is maybe the hottest name in, in college coaching right now and that kind of steps on John Calipari's toes a little bit. I mean, he is bringing, he's kind of getting whoever he wants at this moment. And there's a sense that Texas could be this burgeoning national powerhouse that we've been kind of waiting to see for the last 20 years or so. Like, I wonder if UK would just be like, yeah, like, like we're not crazy about this. Like, th- this isn't a, a great look for us.
1: You know what? It, it's, it's easy for us to say that from like a sports standpoint, but we both know it comes down to money. And sure. I mean Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC, you know, especially from the football side. I mean, that is just going to bring so many more eyeballs, so much more money. So, it would be hard to say no, but I from a sports standpoint, I, I I totally get what you're saying. Um, I mean, personally, I would love for Chris Beard to go to the SEC. Uh basically, you know, covering all the points that you just said. Um, but I I would I would have a hard time thinking uh, that they would say, no, just because from the financial side, uh, there's just too much to gain.
0: Yeah, Texas, for all, you know, as easy as it is to point and laugh at them and say, yeah, they haven't done anything in football in a long time. They are always supposed to be good in basketball, and they rarely are. They still are the highest revenue producer in all of college sports. I saw the stat, and it's not really close, apparently, according to the numbers, which is kind of hilarious considering – like Since the, the, late, the last dose of conference realignment, they have more football losses to Kansas than they do Big 12 titles, which is uh, wonderful. I love that stat. But they still they got their own network. They bring in just buttloads of money. You're right. I think in the end, the SEC would, would gladly do whatever they have to do to make sure that they get to join the conference. But if you could, and we didn't take questions from Twitter this week, but if you could, this was one question that was, was posed to me if you could kick one team out of the ACC and add anybody, not not just the teams that are from lower conferences or the teams that are kind of in limbo, but you can add anybody to the conference and kick out anybody from the conference, what's the move that you're making?
1: Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, a team I would kick out, I don't know why, like, Pitt stands out to me. Brewer's coming for you. I know, but... They just, like, don't do it for me. Like, their football games, like, I know they beat us last year. Like, I don't know. They play at Heinz Field. It's not really the best atmosphere. Their basketball program, you know, I know at one time it was good, but it seems like it's it's in kind of shambles right now. So I'd say I'd probably get rid of uh, – well, God, then you got Boston College. Um, all right, we're going to get rid of Boston College, and then we're going to add – uh, does Notre Dame count?
0: Uh, no. We'll say it has to be
1: like a non-member. Okay. Um, I'll say uh, basketball guy. Like we get the easy win in football, and then we get to play at Lawrence, Kansas in basketball. So I would add Kansas. Kick out Boston College and add Kansas.
0: I like that. And I'm thinking about this from a Louisville perspective, though. Like I feel like we have enough kind of powerhouses in basketball like I, I would welcome playing kansas every year i think it would be f- a lot of fun but man you're talking about like three of the four best programs in college basketball year all in the same conference that would be it's a, a tough hill to climb especially where we are right now i'll say i'm kicking out boston college too i'm, I'm with you i think it comes down to bc or pitt bc's gone in my eyes get them out of here and i'm bringing back maryland i, I think they would be fun they're a football program that we should be able to beat more times than not, which is important to me. And they're I think they'd be a fun basketball rival. Like they have a, a really passionate fan base. They should be better than they are. They probably will be better than they have been once they finally get rid of Mark Turgeon. Like
1: I, I they would f- like to they see them. Feel, back to the they conference. feel I mean, when I when I think of Maryland, I do not think of Big Ten. I think of no. the A C C so they're like a natural fit there, especially you know, kind of being in the geographical area of Wake, Wake, Duke, NC State, you know, those programs. So, yeah, I like that as well. Um, uh, but, yeah, Boston College, you know, they just bring absolutely nothing right now. So I would not be sad to see them go. Um, but I like either of our choices to add, whether it's Kansas or Maryland. Along the same lines, is there any doubt whatsoever that
0: Coach K made the call – to not play Maryland at Maryland in this year's ACC Big 10 uh, challenge because that like that was the whole talk was it's Shchewski's last year, Duke is by the you know the way the schedule is set up, they're playing a road game this year in the challenge and Maryland they're set up to play a home game. Seems like a no-brainer. Both teams are, are probably going to be pretty good this year. Let's renew that rivalry. It got pretty ugly in the later days of the ACC before Maryland left. And instead, they draw Ohio State, who's, you know, they're going to be fine, but it's, you know, it's it's Ohio State. There's no real history with with Duke there. I guarantee, there's no doubt in my mind that Sheffsky was like, no, we're not doing
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that, yeah. that, has, that you're right. That has his fingerprints written all over it.
0: And it's just like a little, it's a little preview of the fact that he's going to be pulling every single string. With ACC basketball this year, like everything that happens is going to be his call. Like it, it's all going to be like he's like this is my last, and, and that's why he's not doing the Roy Williams thing where he retires abruptly. Shishatsky wants every light on him for these next nine months. Like this, this is his time, this is his show, and if he's not, if he didn't want to play at Maryland, Duke's not playing at Maryland.
1: So, <sighs> yeah, hey. I mean, God, we've already started talking about this. I mean, it is going to be a long college basketball year of just hearing about Coach K. Um, but. I don't know. I mean, we got one more year. Uh, like I said, I respected what he, what he's done. Um, but it's, uh, it's the end of an era, but we are going to hear about it so goddamn much. God. It, yeah. It's going to be brutal, but well, yeah, whatever.
0: Uh, hopefully like I would love if they just absolutely sucked. Like I think it'd be hilarious if they're just terrible this year. Either that or they're really good and everybody's talking about this deep run of the tournament and, like, people are like, could Krzyzewski go out on top of the national title and they lose, like, a two fifteen game to Wright State? Like, like, I think that's, like, Wright State being the team that ends Krzyzewski's career I think would be almost better than if they just, like, missed the tournament altogether. But there are a lot of funny ways this can end. I just hope it ends in one of those ways. Um, let's move on. It is ACC media days. I, I, I'm not going to beat around the bush here. I hate media days. I've always hated media days. Nothing substantive ever comes out of it. The only thing that i remember about any louisville media days is the year where the players got like stuck at the airport and couldn't make it like like, that's the only like memorable media day moment for me uh i care about the like the media predictions the polls that come out and the all-conference teams but outside of that it's so rare that anything of any real substance gets said but scott satterfield was talking with uh with the media today he had his moment at the podium and he's basically like the the first thing that comes away my big takeaway was if he's not really confident about this team, he's he's faking it really well because like, he sounds like he's he's really confident. And he sounded confident last year. He sounded confident a couple of years ago, but this year, it, it, like he's not talking like a guy who expects his team to be middle of the conference, fighting to make a bowl game. You know, six and six, seven and five. Along, and he kind of is acting like we've got something for you and. Who knows if that's accurate? Because we we Petrino sounded the same way before 2018, right. and it was the worst team of all time. So you never know. But that's that. That was takeaway one. Takeaway two is he and Vince Irey, who talked with the media on uh, I think I guess it was Tuesday, Wednesday or Tuesday, are all still kind of hitting on the same points of you know the South Carolina stuff was a misstep. He really wants to be here. His family's here, and I am. It's not his fault. It's definitely not Vince's fault. But I am so sick of hearing about this goddamn house that's being built. Like, like <laughs> just just build the fucking house. Just just get it up so we never have to hear about it again. It's been being built since December.
1: There's like, the time- deal. Lumber prices have gone up, okay? I'm going to side with Scott here. You're adding, like, adding like $40,000 on a build house right now.
0: Just build the house, Scott. Like, just... The, like, every time I hear it and people like are like, oh, he's, he's, he's here for the long haul. He's building this house. I'm like, just win some football games. Like, and, and, again, this isn't his fault. It's not entirely his fault. The South Carolina stuff he did bring upon himself. But if we were fans of a program, and I can't speak for everybody, if I was a fan of a program that hadn't been through this same song and dance like 35 times in my life, I'd probably be more willing to play along. But you can only, like with John L., Petrino, Charlie, even Schnellenberger leaving for Oklahoma after saying he wanted to be here forever, like you just uh, you can't sell this to me anymore. It's not something that I'm willing to buy. And at this point, like I don't care if you're the biggest asshole yeah. in the world. I don't care if you openly say my dream is to be out of Louisville in three years, just win some football games. It's all I care about at this point with this program. Win some football games, leave the program in a better state than you found it. Then we're gonna go try and find somebody else who can win some football games. Like it's just, like cool. Cool. Show me on the field. I don't care where you live. I don't care about the house. Just get it done.
1: Yeah. And that's why I don't get into media days, especially for football. Um, because we've been lied to so much as a fan base by coaches, whether it's on field play, you know, hyping a team up or whether a coach wants to be here or not. And they say they do. And then they're gone the next year. So at this point, I don't, like, like you said, I don't really care. I mean, if you go out and win, Like, it's going to be great. We're we're going to get behind the team 100%, um, and we're going to support you. And if you want to stay, like, that'd be awesome. We would would absolutely love it. If you don't, you know, it's not going to surprise us, but leave the program in better shape than, um, you know, when you got here. So, obviously, he had some momentum the first year he was here, and last year he – lost not only lost all that momentum but he probably backtracked even more um with the whole flirtation thing on top of all the losing a game so you know at this point i don't care say what you want to say in the media day hype the team up i'm all for it um you know i have my own personal thoughts i do think the defense is going to be better i don't know how we're going to be able to replace some of these weapons on offense but i'm glad that he's hyping up the team i don't really care though um, you know, I'm just looking forward to night one against old Miss, and if they get a win there, then, I mean, the fan base is going to be bought in 100%. Yeah, and
0: again, this isn't really Satterfield's fault entirely, but I don't think I really understand like how cynical I am with the, with all this stuff, or how upset I am until I hear him talk. And it's Again, I'm going to do the thing that we have to do in sports, where you compare everything to a relationship, because you know, none of us are smart enough to make any other parallels that are that are different. But it is like when you've had a fight with a significant other who's done something shitty, and you're like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Like I'm sure we'll get past it. And then you hear them try to explain themselves, and you realize just how mad you are. Like that's how I feel with Satterfield. Like, like I, I'm like ah, I don't care about it. You know, whatever. Like just win games. And then you hear him talking. I'm like this fucking guy. I'm like I'm like you better win, or else I'm gonna I'm gonna be like if we lose to Ole Miss week one handily. I'm going to be so upset about it. But if we win, again, it all comes down to wins and losses. If we win that game and then maybe beat Central Florida in week three and we're feeling good and we're getting some top 25 love, like, I'm going to be sharing the the, the visor picks and the him dancing in the locker room gifts and all that stuff. Like, it's just, like, like, that's what it comes down to. Like, we are willing to forgive you. Hell, we forgave Petrino, like, 50 times because he kept winning games. Like, we will forgive you if you win – but, my God, you've got to get it down the field. Jalen Mitchell, you better be as good as you look towards the end of last season. We need to find some weapons. Tyler Harrell, please be as Tutu Atwell reincarnated. And Malik Cunningham, take care of the ball because we we need a decent start. Because if, if this program starts listlessly, and September is, is no gimme. Like, we've got a tough schedule to start off. And if it, it's just not great – man, like I worry about how that stadium's going to look, I worry about how the fans are going to react, and I just worry about the overall state uh, of the program, but hey, if we play well, everyone's going to forgive, we're all going to be back on the set train.
1: I I honestly believe last year with COVID and kind of how we lost games, where we were in most of them, but it, it was careless turnovers, and um, you know, it was just a weird year overall. I really think the fan base would've given him not like a full pass, but just a pass to being like, Hey, you know what? That was a weird year. Um, you know, yes, we need to win more games next year, but I still like what this guy's doing and I, I, I believe in the program. But all all that goodwill is gone just because of one misstep um that got leaked out as far as the South Carolina thing. So you know, that's on him, and the only way he's going to be able to make up for it with the fan base is to win games, so uh, that's really all he needs to focus on right now, and um I, I mean, I, I'm, like, sounding like a college football coach. I'm like, we just got to go out there and run the ball. Or, I know, like, we both are. <laughs> like, I hate it, but, I mean, really, you just got to go out there and win. That's that's what it comes down to. I've made a couple of, of parallels on the podcast already, or at least not parallels, but but
0: draw back references to 10 years ago cuz i think it was such a it was such a significant time like gearing up for the the first year of Russ and the, the magical run to the final four and then the sugar bowl in 2012 and then uh, you know the year of the cardinal stuff in 2013 but i noticed i've been doing this thing where i've been going back to 10 years ago finding what we were talking about on card chronicle and kind of linking it on the news and notes post and i noticed earlier this week it was 10 years ago this week where i wrote what was kind of like the first real big viral Card Chronicle post, which is the the one where I, I went in depth on the, um, the comparison between Louisville football and its arc to the arc of Saved by the Bell. And like, it just made me remember, and this, this will count as my Mike in the mud segment for this week, but like that, like the site kind of took off after that post, it, it had done well before, but it definitely was the first time where it kind of spread to a new audience and, and, you know, people started talking about it more and then it, coincided, obviously, with all the good stuff that was happening with L Athletics. Being able to to be around at that time certainly helped. I think it was just the, the perfect storm for the site to really take off. But so, about, I guess, three weeks after that, that post made the rounds, I was at St. Joe's Picnic, and I'm standing around talking. I'm talking to a few of my friends and a, a couple of, of girls that they're with that I don't really know that well, and I'm single at the time. So, like, we're talking about Global sports and a, a couple of my friends are like, yeah, this this guy like, Mike actually rides a, a website and a guy that I don't know is over there and he's like, are you the one who wrote the big Saved by the Bell thing? He's like, are you Mike Rutherford? Like, oh my god, like love it. And like so, a couple other people come over and they're like, holy shit, like I love that, like love the site and all this stuff. And the girls are like, does this happen to you often? Like, like do you get recognized? Do people talk? And I'm doing the whole thing where I'm like, yeah, you know. <laughs> every now and then like this this will happen like trying to play it cool i'm like i i'm on top of the world secretly i'm like this has happened like twice in my in my life so far and so i, I i'm like i'm going to i'm going to run to the restroom i'll be right back like 20 seconds later from across the beer garden this gigantic dude goes hey Car chronicle and i'm like man here we go again like like this is this is my life now this guy just goes fuck you bro <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> and I do what is my the only thing I can do in this situation, which is laugh nervously and keep walking. And I shit you not, five seconds later, five seconds after this happens, I bump into somebody and spill my beer all over myself. <laughs> I've got a I'm walking to the bathroom all by myself, like like no friends in sight. I've just been publicly humiliated. It was the biggest like come down to earth moment, the fastest humbling of my entire life. And it was just a, a lesson right there. Like
1: You, you, never, you, went, never, you like, went in a, a full swoop from, you know, trying to pick up some chick and being like, hey, you want to go spin the wheel for a cake to, like, <laughs> just getting absolutely owned and then spilling a beer on yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean St-, St. Joe's horrible. Picnic, there's drama there usually.
0: It was the universe just saying, like, hey, it's cool that you're having some success never think that you're cool like never let yourself go to a place where you think that you're cool because you're not and uh there you go that that was the lesson there speaking of do you have a dan of the dump story for this week or are we just going to let the, that mike in the mud story suffice
1: well i guess i i talked about this um at the beginning of the show how like i enjoy like my kids and sometimes there's other kids <laughs> that uh I don't want to say I don't enjoy them, but I could do without maybe seeing them for a period of time. So like, and they're never gonna to listen to this, so I don't mind saying it. But we have these neighbors down the street; these three, well, four kids. One of them's a, like a, just an infant, so we don't, we never see that kid. But they have three boys. Uh, one is maybe a year or two older than Cam. Uh, one is Cam's age, and the other one is my middle daughter's Lila's age. And they're always down here. And, I mean, this middle kid, uh, they just come over our house and they just, they go to our backyard and they, they take everything out of the garage and they don't clean up and they just destroy our house. Well, uh, I actually, I, I texted Kim, um, well, I thought I was texting Kim the other day, uh, <laughs> and I said, Hey, cause she was at work and I'll, I'll leave the kids nameless here, <laughs> but I said, Hey, um, So-and-so is over here destroying our house. Will you call this kid's mom and have him come home before I stuff him in the garbage can or something like that? I uh, believe the term was stuff him in a dumpster. Stuff him in a dumpster. And I accidentally sent that to the wrong text thread. I sent it to our Cincinnati Reds text thread with like four or five people. And, of course, you guys were, like, having a field day, and I was like, well, I apologize. That was mean, and it was the wrong text. Um and So, I, well, not only did I do that, but then this kid is, since I sent that text, he came back the other day, he ripped off the license plate off my car, just tore it <laughs> off with his hands, and then the other day takes our uh, garbage in our garage and apparently dumps it over in our driveway. Like, I, I'm like, I've had it with this kid, and I, like... I'm not the guy that like I hate confrontation. The last thing I don't know these kids' parents at all. I don't want to be the one like going over to their parents, and be like, "Get a hold of your kid." But like at some point, I'm like, "All right, this little devil is destroying our house." And like, I'm it's not my place to you know discipline this kid. But if I could, I would send him to the sun. Um, so I'm in a tough spot right <laughs> now. It's if it, things are things are not great here on McCrennan Lane in Dublin, Ohio. If that's what you're asking. I mean, yeah, just in the middle of the day, getting the text, like,
0: do you want to call his mom or something before I stuff him in a dumpster? It was just, I mean, one of the hardest I've laughed at a, at a misstep, a Dan misstep in a long time. But I think most people listening who have kids, whose kids are starting to interact with other kids, I'm sure have similar feelings with some of those kids and, and their parents. But uh yeah, that was good. I, I enjoyed it. We, I have, an, We have an assignment here. So for next week, Dan and I did this last year with the Marquette, 2003 basketball game. We did a, like kind of a, a rewatchables episode where we asked everybody to watch the game. We watched the game and then kind of relived it and share our thoughts. We've been, I've been trying to do this with a football version with Keith Wynn. We've wanted to do this for a while. And I asked him, you know, pick out a game that you want to do. We had some suggestions when we asked for this a couple of months ago and we had settled on the Cincinnati 2003 game, the snow game at the end of the year. Unfortunately, that game's nowhere to be found on the internet so this is what we're going to do. I let Keith pick it, and he chose the Cincinnati 2012 game. from. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like a, a decade ago. Devontae Parker goes nuts. Munchy Lego was talking shit before the game. It's raining. Great atmosphere. So <clears throat> before next week, Keith and I are going to watch the game. We're going to recap it. Our assignment is you guys watch the game. It's on YouTube. You can watch it in full. And then we're going to, to relive that on a podcast episode for next week. It uh, should be
1: fun. I'm excited about it. But that, I don't that have a, game was incredible. By like Teddy, oh, Teddy to was. That was one of the best passes I've ever seen on that field. It was. Uh, I'll never forget that. Yeah, was that, that whole season was. I mean, obviously, it was was a lot of
0: fun. At least until the last two weeks of the regular season. But no reason to talk about that. We don't have any new reviews. If you do want to leave us a review on the podcast app. We'll probably read it on an episode. Uh, subscribe to the to the pod wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the easiest way to to be aware when new episodes are coming out. Easiest way to listen, and it helps us out when you give us a rating and you leave us a review. So Dan, we're coming your way. We we're gonna have some shenanigans maybe to talk about next week. Um, Hopefully not too many, since my wife is six months pregnant and I'm yeah. trying to be like a a good adult. She's being a trooper this week, and God love her because I know I, I I thought about oh. that.
1: I'm like God, like I mean, because I I mean I don't really hold back. I just hope I don't get to the point where like I'm annoying. Um, But well, we should have a good time. So tell, tell Mary, we'll 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 make sure that even though we're getting after it, that we make sure that she's comfortable, you know, for the next 48 hours.
0: I mean, you don't hold back. Your brother doesn't hold back. I'm at the point right now where, like, like I hardly ever drink. So, like, four beers, I'm acting like I was 10 years ago when I had, like, 15. Like that, that's
1: going to that's gonna be within the first hour that we meet at the Holy Grail. So just go ahead and prepare yourself. I mean,
0: yeah, this, this, this poor woman is just, like, she's going to have to be... Yeah, and neither one of us are really sleeping all that much. She's had a terrible week for work, so God love her. She's the best. She's going to hang in there. We're going to have fun. We're going to talk about it, I'm sure, on the next pod. Uh, Hang in there, guys. I'm sure we'll have more conference realignment madness to discuss. Uh, Until we talk to you guys again next week, go Cards. Go Cards.